You're right, guys. This is Scott EC from the Face for Radio podcast team. The next couple of episodes will be dedicated to Mr. Bob Ascroft, who is a supporter of our work and is also a very good friend of mine, considering he is also known as my granddad. There we go. Unfortunately, during lockdown, he's not been very well, and I thought maybe this would cheer him up, giving him a little shout-out before the next couple of episodes of our podcast. Thank you all for subscribing to us so far or following our works. And we hope to keep entertaining you for as long as we can, really. But yeah, this goes out to Mr. Bob Ascroft, also known as my granddad. Best of luck. Hope you get better soon. I miss you a lot. Thank you all, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, guys. Sam here, and I actually can't quite believe we made it full circle onto the second mini-series of the Face for Radio podcast. Starting up a project like this was a big task for us to take on, really, and one that I was a little worried about but the support from all of you guys has been just inspirational for any of you that have listened to our first three podcasts that have subscribed downloaded, left ratings followed our Facebook and Instagram pages or even just messaged us to say that you've enjoyed it we honestly can't thank you enough the reception to the first three episodes we had was honestly so inspirational Uh, but that's enough of the soppy stuff now Today we begin to talk about phobias, starting the first discussion with Scott and discovering just how many times Ruben and I can get him back down to his keyboard. I hope you enjoy what we have to say, even if it is very little, and I will see you again at the end of the episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 4 of Face for Radio. Just like last time, I am joined by the genetically engineered cyborg, Reuben Austin. Hi, that's me. I'm Reuben and I'm meant to do a fun fact. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, this week we are discussing um, fears and phobias. Oh, it's it's topical. It's topical, it is. It's a, it's a themed fact. <laughs> <laughs> you're setting the bar high for the future here. I hope you realise, like, you're going to have to think of a themed fact for, like, all categories in the future if you if you go here on the first one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take take the plunge on that. I reckon I can do that. Okay. Sweet. It depends, okay. It depends on the topics now. <laughs> um, but, yeah. The word phobia comes from the name of the god Phobos, who was the god of fear in Greek mythology, son of Ares and Aphrodite. Ooh. I mean, I will say it's a good fact, but only because that was going to be part of my intro as soon as I had introduced you guys, so thanks oh, for that, Ruben. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined again by the lovely, chubby-cheeked Scott Copeland. Hi, guys. Oh, how warming of the soul. Excellent. Indeed. <laughs> and a man of few words. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> The delirium has already kicked in. Oh, goodness gracious me. <laughs> We're back, boys. We're back. Hey. Who would have thought we'd make it this far? Hey, hey look at us. Not me. Who would have thought it? Hey, <laughs> not me. Not me. We have defied all odds, and we are back for another either episode or miniseries, depending on how long Scott drills on for this time. Because Scott was famously the longest episode last time. 
Yeah. <laughs> Man, was like 10 minutes short last time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a solid 40 minutes. I was there for about five hours, like, and then... Well, to be fair, we had, we had to cut out, like, half an hour of me trying to figure out why Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, that it. is true. That is true. Everyone experienced the full 30 seconds of edited footage of Scott typing into his keyboard. <laughs> Whereas me and Ruben sat for like a good two and a half hours while Scott tried to find out why Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK in the first place. And I still don't know. And then ended up asking the audience. (laughs) You know what? You know what's even funnier? Because we're such like newbies at podcasts, I did not realise until after the episode aired that a podcast has no comment section. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, Scott, I don't think you you had much luck, I'll be honest. Hang on, to be fair, Sam, you did, you did suggest asking the, the audience. <laughs> I know, I did, and egg on my face. Egg on the face of Sam Brown. Reality, really, isn't it? So, for this episode, as announced at the end of the last episode, we will be talking about some interesting phobias, which is very interesting. Ooh. Woo. Thanks. So, each of us have prepared a small list of phobias and ones that we found just generally interesting so what we're going to do is we're going to take turns going around in a little circle or in our case a little triangle and we're all going to say the the phobias that we've researched perhaps we'll start by saying the name and the others can have a little guess about what they think it is based on the name because some of them are just unrecognisable. And after that, we'll go into the details of the phobias, have a little talk about them, see what we think about them, and then I'll see what the guys think about all of them in general at the end, I suppose. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. Fine by me. Excellent. So, as our audience doesn't already know, I would just like to let them know that the word phobia actually comes from the Greek word phobos, <laughs> which means like fear or horror. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is like deja vu, this. I don't know what you're talking about, Scott. Yeah, I've never heard this before. When someone has a phobia, it's a fear of something irrational. Something that is really highly unlikely to cause any pain, but can cause a high amount of distress when it's encountered. And it can, at some stages, with some examples around the world it can interfere with with actual life and like it can mess up people's lives man phobias are nasty yeah they're intense yeah they're not great really not great not ideal no and did you know this guys 30 percent of adults experience a phobia at some time in their life only 30 only 30 that was what i thought really yeah i thought that was quite high really i thought there'd be more than 30 but then obviously some people will say like oh i have a phobia of this say Whereas actually, it's it's not really inconveniencing their lives in any way. Oh, it's right, just them okay. saying they're oh, kind yeah. of scared of it. It's like you know when people say, "Oh, I have really bad OCD for like this particular thing." Yeah, it's not actually OCD. Yeah, they don't have OCD. Three in ten people in the world actually have a life-altering phobia. Mm. Wild. Which I thought was pretty high. It's quite high when you when you put it like that. Yeah, like if you think about if you think about the people you know in life, how many people do you know that have a phobia that that affects their life? I know a handful, but yeah, nothing more than that. Not three and ten. A few, yeah, but not like everyone. No, which it it does kind of make you think, like what's going on behind closed doors, even of your friends, like like things that you don't get told about people that must be there. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, have you ever heard the fact about this is going off topic straight away before we've even started the phobia? Brilliant. Let's have do you it. ever heard the fact about um like psychopaths? Oh, that like... Like 1% of people are psychopaths. So if you have a room of 100 people, you are guaranteed to have a psychopath there. 
in the room. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone already knows it's you, Scott. Don't worry. I've <laughs> <laughs> never met anyone less likely to be a psychopath than Scott Copeland. <laughs> I mean, I mean if, if I comment, then I'm in trouble. But if I don't comment, I'm still in trouble. Comment, Scott. Do it. Why don't you comment, like, neutrally? I mean, I mean I, I, I've, I'm not really fully sure on the definition of a psychopath. So... <laughs> Uh, well, let's not get onto that today because that could go on for a very long time. Yeah, we can, we can do that in a different episode. <laughs> That's next week's theme. <laughs> Don't make any promises, Scott. Next week, psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll jump right in and we're going to go with a new order this week. And just because he requested not to go first, I'm going to say Scott can come at us with his first phobia. Brilliant. Thank you, Sam. You are so welcome, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. So, can you... Give us the name of your first phobia that you've picked out, and we'll have a little guessy guess of what it is. A guessy guess. Right, okay. So, the name of my first phobia is Submechanphobia. Submechan? Submechan, yeah. I think I might know this, so Sam, you go first. Well, my first instinct is to say that it's like underwater technology, like submarines. Okay. <laughs> because I have no idea. <laughs> Ruben, what do you think? I think submechophobia is fear of the partially submerged. Well, Ruben, you are correct. Yay! Wow. Who would have guessed it? It is the fear of partially or fully submerged man-made objects within the water. Like, is that including people? Uh, not people, but things like statues or shipwrecks or cars or shopping trolleys and canals, for example. Right, okay. It's also a fear that I have. So there we go. What's what? It? Wait, what? You have a fear of submerged man-made objects. Yeah. Wait, can I just ask, if you walk past a river yeah. and there's a trolley in the river, yeah. you get physically shaken by that? Uh, I feel physically uncomfortable and I have to move past that object as fast as I can. What? Yeah. I bet you had a great time in the cinema watching Aquaman. (laughs) I've never seen it. I'd recommend having heard that, don't. Don't watch it. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, when I first watched the film Titanic, for example. Oh, well, that's going to be heavy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On the first scene of it, they actually use footage of the shipwreck underneath and the uh, divers are actually having recording them searching through the shipwreck. And I didn't realise this at the time. So when I watched the film, I instantly, in, it was in school, I ran out of the room to feel, to throw up. Wow. But can I also just make the point, and I don't want to say this to ruin your life, but boats are always partially submerged in water. Yes, but you don't see the submerged bit when you're on a boat, for example. You only see the bit above the water. So when I'm on a boat, as much as I may not enjoy it, I am not I'm not really concerned of what I can't see. But for example, if I walk past the canal, for example, and I'm just looking at all the boats on the on the canal and next to it I see a partially submerged shopping trolley or a shopping trolley fully submerged, wow. I will feel physically uncomfortable or just feel nauseated. So it's more, it's it's stuff that's not meant to be, either not meant to be in the water or not meant to be that far in the water. Yeah, I mean, if I can't see it, then that's perfectly fine. But if I, if it's something that I've seen, then it really unnerves me. So I, I don't, I'm not a fan of r- deep water. Uh, swimming pools are fine because I can see the bottom of them and there's always something around me to grab onto as if I feel uncomfortable. But if I, I can't go, I wouldn't go diving, for example, because I'm scared of what I may find underneath the water. 
So it doesn't count for people then? Did you already say that? It doesn't count for people being submerged in water? Yeah, if I see you swimming underwater, Sal, I'm not going to go, nah, that is repulsive. But, <laughs> <laughs> most people would. But it depends on the trunks you're wearing. But, like, that's it. Like... <laughs> yeah, if you see a budgie being smuggled underwater. Oh, does dear, that, um... Reuben. Oh, dear. Yeah, nah, nah, that, that would freak me out. But the people who experience this kind of phobia, yeah... The people who experience this type of phobia are people who are commonly scared of submarines or sunken ships or even Joby, uh, what are they called? Are they called boys? Where they yeah, measure how far they can go out When they bob up and down in the water. So I was kind of right. My guess was submarines. Yeah, yours, yeah. Was, yours was kind of right, but it was the overall fear, not just submarine specific. Well, you know, I'm going to take half a point. You can have half a point. According to the Phobia Wikipedia which is similar to your Flat Earth Society Wikipedia thing. <laughs> I feel like it's probably more respectable, but sure. Yeah. Rude. The common fear re- revolving this is that if somebody who's suffering from this is swimming, they have a fear of possibly being pulled underneath into this object or it, or being trapped in this object. So if you're swimming and you feel, for example, a shopping trolley brush along your feet, you will instantly go into a set of panic. So, like, it would be really bad if you ever were to go in, like, a shark cage in the sea to see sharks. Yeah, that would that would really, that would freak me out. Okay, Ruben, we, we definitely know what not to do for Scott Stag do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like you're joking there and you're going to make him do it anyway. And I'm going to have to insist that we genuinely do not put a Scott underwater. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to insist that we also don't do that. Some, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I'm dreading this stag do whenever it happens. But yeah, that is, that is the first fear that I have to offer on the table of this discussion. There we go. Well, we've learned something new about you, Scott, which is more than we could ever ask. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, do you have a phobia at all? Are you, are you scared of anything? Or do you, do you live without fear? Ruben, for your benefit, let me just skip right to the, the end of my notes for what was going to be my end of the episode also, now that we've ruined the start. Oh, cheers, Ruben. <laughs> oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Let's, 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 let's keep the suspense, if you're already going to say it. Cheers, Ruben. You have to ruin it. Ruben, I can't believe that you have been so rude today. So first week, I make Sam change the word whammer to humdinger. Now you want to skip through the entire week just to get to the other end of points. Oh, sorry, Ruben. Do you have better things to do today? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know of that fear at all. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, I I didn't realise there was a name for it until this this topic came up and I thought, well, well, they're not going to know what it is. And plus, I don't really know what it is. So... So here's a question. You know, so when we were on university campus and there's like the lake in the middle. Yeah. Often, when I walked past there, there'd be like traffic cones sticking out. Yeah, yeah, that would trigger you slightly. I've never, I've never really walked past that lake unless it's been a night out when I can't see the water. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why that was a worthy, but okay. No, I'm not sure, but Scott on a night out, you all know what that's like. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it, it would it would slightly worry me, but it wouldn't set me into a panic. Okay. Simply because I know for a fact that a traffic cone probably won't harm me, or may, or like hurt me in any way, or make me feel sick. But the trolley in the canal, mate. Well, yeah, because the trolley's made of metal, 
and I could get my foot stuck in the little gaps, for example, or I could get something jammed there. Right. How small are your feet? Yeah, but you've got to think hypothetically. Because there is an opportunity to get possibly stuck in one of them things, that would worry me. Whereas if I, I know if I walk past a traffic cone, I'm not going to get I'm not going to get blocked in any way by it. Well, I mean, if you got your legs stuck in a traffic cone underwater, that would be pretty difficult to get out. Yeah, pretty much. But that's why I'm, I'm not going near the traffic cone underwater. So. Does it work with plants? Does it work with what? Sorry. Like, does it work with plants? You know, when they're sticking out of the water, they've like grown in in the water and they're sticking out. Oh yeah, yeah that that freaks me out as well. Really? Yeah, because I would I would envision myself being tangled in them. And not being able to swim away or be able to climb away or anything like that. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it's it's what it, obviously it's the easy way to get around it is just don't go any anywhere near anything like that. But if I'm swimming, for example, and if I'm and there's some seaweed, that would automatically make me go right. I'm going away and I'm going to move over here instead. I feel like that's not a healthy way of dealing with the issue, though. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. But at the, at the same time, is there going to be a situation in life? In all likeliness, <laughs> that Scott's gonna have to swim into the seaweed. I feel like he's he's safe to avoid it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I was gonna say if a ship he's on sinks, but by that point, I think he'd be a lost cause. <laughs> Probably. Like if he visibly sees the boat he's actually on sinking into the water, he's, that that's gonna be too far. I think that would be a bit much, but it's unlikely, isn't it? I mean, just on even on a boat, for example, I would I I would sit on a boat and not feel fully comfortable with my decision to sit on a boat. Hmm. Even if it's like a canal boat, for example, I'd feel a bit kind of, oh dear, this could sink in a minute and I've got nothing to, I can't do anything to stop it. Yeah, so next time you guys come to Durham, I've got this really good, fun day out planned where we go on the rowing boats down the river. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Oh no, Jesus. Bust all the trolleys and traffic cones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Durham Uni students, whew, they're crazy. Famously. Madness. Do you want to tell us about your, your second phobia you have on your list? Uh, yeah, it's called barophobia. Or barophobia. Any idea what that might be? And do you want a clue first? No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Ruben, you can go if you want. Why do you do you know what this one is? Uh no. Ah. Um (laughs) (laughs) Always a good start. Well, a barometer, I'm pretty sure, has something to do with like measuring electrical charge, so maybe it's a fear of electricity. That's a good one. Okay. But wouldn't that then just be electrophobia? Oh, well, that might be true. I was just going to say it would be someone that's a baritone singer, scared of high notes. Oh, that's that's not a bad theory, to be honest. That'd be great, that. It's not right, but it's a good... I, I, I like the thought process behind it. <laughs> Scott, I'm already disappointed. Scott, you would you would also have that one as well. That's what link I was making there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, the actual answer is, it is a fear of gravity. Of gravity? Oh, come on. Yeah. Now we're talking. Gravity's my speciality. Yeah. <laughs> The reason why I thought you might know it, Sam, is because last week you said that flat earthers don't believe that gravity exists. Yeah, but why would I know about a phobia of gravity when gravity doesn't exist? You can't have a phobia of something that isn't real. Actually, you totally can. Ooh, is that a hint? You can. It can be. I can change one of my fears. Name me a phobia of something that isn't real. Quickfire, go. Um, zombies. Oh, yeah, kinematophobia, fear of zombies. That's a phobia. That's a, that's yeah. a, it was like number 98, I think, on one of the lists that I was looking at. I stand corrected. Well, anyway, barophobia comes from the Greek word baros, meaning weight. Nice. Or atmospheric. And phobos, meaning fear, obviously. I think Ruben might have pointed out earlier on. I think it, I actually did it in my intro. Yeah. At least we've now all mentioned. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> The phobia Wikipedia states that barophobia is the irrational fear of gravity. Individuals suffering from barophobia can either fear that gravity might crush them or the fear that they could float away or cease to exist. Ooh. 
Okay, that's intense. And to be honest, lads, I've got absolutely no idea how the thought process behind this works. Well, before we even start to think about like the thought process, I just want to say, if anyone listening has barophobia, oh boy, do I have an answer for you. <laughs> like you are... <laughs> I have got the cure, boys. <laughs> Convince them that it doesn't exist. <laughs> no convincing needed. Usually the people who suffer from this phobia would have some kind of post-traumatic stress from an incident that took place earlier in life. What, where they floated off the ground? <laughs> it also could mean they've fallen from a great height and the impact they've made obviously has hurt them. So maybe it's the impact of being pulled to the floor by gravity that is setting them off. Okay. Because all humans are born with two pre-existing fears. The fear of loud sounds, hence we jump when we hear them, Mm -hmm. especially for the sudden, and also the fear of falling, hence every time we fall we always try and stop ourselves from falling. Yeah, I do tend to do that when I fall. Yeah, most people do, to be honest, don't they? If a baby thinks they might fall, they immediately, like, spread out their arms and legs so they're easier to catch. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Ruben. That's, like, like literally a fact. That's genuine. (laughs) Wait, oh my god! Ruben, you just found your catchphrase. What? And that's literally a fact. That's literally a fact. (laughs) Great, I'll I'll keep that. Me me and Sam have yet to find our own catchphrases yet. (laughs) Scott, your catchphrase might be oblate spheroid. How am I going to get that in general conversation? Scott's catchphrases. (laughs) Oh, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Anyway, back to barophobia. Right. Right. The sufferers from this condition could also be affected by planes taking off or planes landing. Because obviously the landing of the plane, the vibrations of being obviously pulled to the floor could cause some level of panic attack. Or also the taking off of a plane where the gravity is shifting, where you've realised the plane is adjusting to being in the air. So they're things that could cause several panic attack based symptoms in regards to this phobia. Hmm. So what do you what do you two think about that one then overall? Well... I know that there is a fear of... It's like a phobia of heights. I can't remember the name. I want to say acrophobia. I could be wrong. So, I guess, why does this stand separately to a fear of heights? If it's just about falling? I think because it isn't just about falling. It's the fear that people have that they could suddenly cease to exist or float away. So, people who are sceptical about gravity, as you pointed out last week... Yeah. ...or the last episode, (laughs) people who are sceptical of it could have the inner problem of thinking, oh, maybe the gravity will stop. In regards to this phobia, it's all about maybes. I guess in that case, it would be more like the Earth would stop moving upwards and we'd all just drift away. Yeah, what if the Earth ran out of momentum? Maybe. Yeah. It's a fear that I don't particularly understand, but it's a fear, It's it's a phobia that I'm interested in. I think, to be honest, if, if you don't understand this phobia, that's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's never a point in my life where I think I'm going to step outside the house and just float away like a helium balloon. Although, it would be kind of fun, I guess. It'd be fun, yeah, but it's not something that I'm worried about all the time. You'd reach, like, a certain atmosphere and not breathe, though, and that that would be less fun. I don't know if you feel the same, Ruben, but on occasion in the past, having said this, I have feared that when Scott leaves a building that he will just float away. <laughs> What's inspired this fear? I'm just, just full that of hot he's, air. He's, he's full of hot air, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, at least if he did, we could all grab hold and find a new life elsewhere. Oh. That's true. We could, we could float up high enough to see if the world's flat or not. That is so true. Scott, why haven't you done this yet? <laughs> Damn it, Scott. Scott. Oh, I'll, do, I'll, do it, I'll do it after this podcast is over. I'll report <laughs> back to you next week with my findings. 
fly down here, like. As we've said before, Scott, if you reported back to us with your findings, we wouldn't believe you. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably not. Do you think Isaac Newton had that fear? Are you asking me or Reuben or both? Whoever wants to answer, really. It's a three-way conversation. Okay, Reuben, you're the Isaac Newton fanboy. You can give it a go. <laughs> what makes you think I'm an Isaac Newton fanboy? Because of this fun fact you're going to tell us right now. Um, oh, I am. Recently, I was in uh, I was in Cambridge visiting my sister, and um, I walked past the uh, the apple tree that Isaac Newton sat under, and an apple allegedly hit him on the head. It must be pretty big now. Yeah, it's pretty huge. Yeah, it's like grade two listed or something because it's it's that tree. Did you carve Rube was here into it? No, that would be super illegal. But. Extinction Rebellion did try to take the tree down. Why? Honestly, I'm I don't quite know. I'm not entirely sure on the reasoning behind that, but like it was pure <laughs> cordoned off and stuff because people are now not allowed near the tree. Well, what have we told you about telling us fun facts without all the correct information? Well, I'm so sorry, but you, you, you put me on the spot. I wasn't expecting Isaac Newton to come up. Well, anyway, it was kind of cool. There's a new musical. There's a new musical out. It's called Fallen, and it's um, it's got Isaac Newton in it. It's about Robert Hooke, but Isaac Newton is like... What, the Isaac Newton? Like, playing someone else? Yes. Isaac Newton is starring in a musical despite having been dead for <laughs> over 100 years. Wow. You never know what they can do with these kind of things now. Yeah, that's true. Hologram Isaac Newton. Yeah. Indeed. So, are you ready for phobia number three? Yeah. Scott, I am more than ready. <laughs> right, and please forgive me, because there's a strong possibility I may pronounce this one wrong. <laughs> Unexcusable. I think I can already predict which one it's going to be. Is it the fear of long words? Yeah, it is. Is it actually? <laughs> I've not said it out loud yet, Sam. <laughs> Hippopotamonsterosis qu- quipeliophobia. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> any idea what it is is it the fear of long words by any chance yes, yes it is Ruben well done <laughs> I genuinely did not know that yeah it's one of the longest words in the English language yeah it's the fear of long words hey Ruben yeah what's the longest word in the English language that I know of anti-disestablishmentarianism Nice. There it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's lengthy, isn't it? I hope no one listening has this phobia that we're going to discuss right now because they probably just like turn us off yeah, yeah, you know, they'd be like, "Nah, this is too much for me." It's like a, it's like a submerged trolley. Um, <laughs> he just can't hack it. Here we go. Longest word in any of the major English language dictionaries is right. Let me give this a go. I've never seen this word before. Let's see if I can pronounce it. Oh, were you wrong? I was wrong. Yes, Ooh. I thought it was that one too. Ruben, what have we told you about giving inc- incorrect information? Well, I'm now. I, I said that I've heard of, and until I read this word, which looks like it might be 45 letters long. Whoa! Christ. Which is more than anyone really... Yeah, so... Um, okay, I was even I was even wrong about the one that I've heard of. The um, anti-disestablishmentarianism is 28 letters long. That's pretty long. Coming in second at 34 letters long is the famous... Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, come oh, on, that's not a real word. Which I would say is debatably a word, yeah. That's not a word. But the longest word in any of the major English language dictionaries is pneumonultramicroscopic silicovolcanoiosis. Right, why did anyone think it was a good idea to name anything that? Um, What's it mean, Reuben? It's a lung disease contracted from the inhalation of very fine silica particles particularly from a volcano. So it's a medical term then? Medically, it's the same as silicosis. You can just call it silicosis instead. 
God. Well, they have been a little silly courses there, haven't they? Mm. You literally disgust me. They could remove genuinely 36 of the letters in that word, and it would mean the exact same thing. Christ. Don't you just hate people? Well, well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People. The fear, hippopotamonsterosis, cryptoalliophobia. What was that? Sorry, Scott. I'm not saying it again, because I got it wrong then. Yeah, I didn't quite make that out. Sorry, Scott, can I just get it one more time? (laughs) Hippopotamonsterosis, cryptoalliophobia. Right? Is that the fear of hippos? Fear of long words. Is that the fear of hippos, monsters and quips? Well, hang on. There's another word which means the exact same thing called sesquipedaliophobia, which is the fear of long words. However, the word the word hippo and monstro implies the higher intensity of the phobia. Monstro meaning monster and hippo, obviously meaning hippotamus, which is a big creature. So you could be sesquipedaliophobic yeah. or monstro sesquipedaliophobic or hippomonsesquipedaliophobic. Yeah, pretty much. And they and, and they would be different like levels of the fear. Yeah. I think that they would probably just judge it based on letters of words. So like for the last one, the most intense one, it's probably like five letters or more. Maybe. So you'd have to, we'd have to, if we wanted to be like suitable to that audience, we'd have to like come up with a conversation only using words of four letters or less. Are you up? How you do win. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Oh no! I... Basically, however I text is the only way we can have a conversation. <laughs> I guess so. Although the first word from your last text to me was government. True. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. The phobia itself is not recognised by most doctors. The causes of the phobia are usually unknown, but could stem from difficulties to learn to reading back in sc- back in school, or how brain patterns are formed in the person who suffers from it. So commonly, usually dyslexics who struggle, who may struggle reading and writing. There's multiple different types of dyslexia, but if they struggle with reading and writing, this fear could be a subconscious thing that they have. So, for example, when I read that, then obviously as a dyslexic, I was like, "Oh bloody hell, how am I going to get this right?" So that that could that could be some level of stem to it. But it, as I said, it's not really in the with the past one it's not really one that i panic with when i see i just look at it and think oh it's a challenge the many people who suffer from this are known to have panic attacks when facing words of huge length which cause people to stay away from areas that they can be exposed to this so for example if you were to if you were a sufferer and you went to the welsh town of you would have a panic if you saw it on the, the sign. Oh my god. What did you just say? Scott, do that Hang again. On. Don't just pass over that. There you go. He's right. Go, go, go. Yeah. Go, go, go. It's the, it's the longest Welsh town, and it's also on many signs, including the train station and the signs. <laughs> Shut up, Sam. <laughs> I had Oblate Spheroid last week, and I've got this one this week. So I'm outdoing myself each time. Sorry, Scott, can we just get that one more time, please? <laughs> that is now the episode name, just to let you know that. No, it can't be. Right. <laughs> it's going to be so hard to search for. <laughs> right, what words What words you want again? <laughs> The Welsh, the Welsh town name. Right, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, you know for a fact we're going to get someone that like speaks Welsh like yeah, well, natively. Well, well, Sam, I messaged a, I messaged a friend of ours who lives in Wales. Oh, excellent! And I said, "Am I, am I saying this right?" And they said, "Yes, you're doing it spot on." So Scott, I'm hoping it's right. I commend you for such great research yeah. after your solid hour last time. Okay, here, 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 here is Brilliant. the word again. I hope you enjoy it. In regards to this phobia, going back on the subject of it, there is no cure or treatment available 
for this phobia, other than tackling it, tackling the phobia head on. That is all I have on this fact. <laughs> so to get over this phobia of long words, yeah. you have to encounter a bunch of long words. So would the best thing be to go there? Well, the, the, the Welsh town I learnt over the course of a week in first year of university because I wanted to try and say it properly. And that's the only way I could hack that big word is by approaching it head on. So anybody who's suffering from these kind of words, it usually is the fear of the unknown, of not being able to understand how to say it. So if you if you tackle that head on, that could be a way of overcoming your phobia. So the real answer is that there is only one cure for this phobia, and it's just to talk to Scott. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to resort to that, then you can do. Scott's door's always open. Well, like, there's, there's, there's no medical cure or medical treatment for it. Yeah, I think I could cure most fears. Weird flex. If having a panic attack over the lack of gravity or shopping trolleys in a, in, a, in like in a canal, then you could get treatment to, like, to calm your nerves, or you could get treatment to calm down any visions you have of being stuck or trapped or the fear of something happening but for this one you can't really do that because it's a visual thing and it's a visual word so the only way you can really hack it is either don't use the word that you're scared of or you try and use it as much as you can to get over that fear by being exposed to it that's crazy does that make sense yeah pretty cool any questions on it or am i okay to move on to my last one can you say that town name one more time please oh reuben it's old now just reuben just for your benefit i'll say it one more time <laughs> right. thank you scott <laughs> simply because i know for a fact you're gonna hold this over me for the rest of the time we know each other correct he even does the accent yeah i don't intend to i'm not <laughs> i don't intend to at all but it just happens insane and also lads i shall i shall post the links to how i learnt the names of these big phobias oh into the excellent for you nice work so i hope by next week you are able to pronounce them correctly stunning i won't be i have faith in yourself sam i don't have much going on i might be able to right so my final phobia this is possibly the, the weirdest phobia i've ever seen in my life well i've not seen it i've read it but it's called geniophobia. Um, Sam, after you? Well, I can have a pretty educated guess at this if you don't know, Reuben. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. The only reason that I can is because one of the things I've prepared has a very, very similar name. So I'm oh. guessing it's going to be something similar. Go on. Is it a fear of a specific body part? Yes. My guess is wrong then. Is it a body part that sticks out? Yes. Okay, that narrows it down. Be very careful with what you're going to suggest, Sam. (laughs) 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 My granddad watches this, and I don't think he really wants to hear what you're going to say. What are you afraid of, Sam? Can I make a couple guesses? Well, I'll let Sam, you can make one guess, then Ruben can make another, and then you can go back and forth till you get it right. Is it the elbows? No. Hmm. So it's, it's a body part that sticks out. Yes. And it's not that. Correct. Can I guess again? I'm going to say toes. Wrong. Is it the chin? Correct. Yeah. Mental. It is the fear of chins. Genio is Greek for chin or jaw. Do not go to a bar with Scott every time he drinks chin chin. (laughs) I I say dilly dilly. (laughs) What's wrong with dilly dilly? Nothing, Scott. (laughs) Not wrong with dilly dilly. Right. The people who have this fear are usually scared of people with more prominent chins or double chins. So basically, on any photo, if somebody has a double chin, they could feel scared by it or uncomfortable by it. (laughs) Most people with this phobia are obsessed with other people's chins. 
especially those with imperfect chins as well. So if somebody's got a chin that they don't think looks right, they're going to be obsessed by that because it's something that they are unsure of. So I don't really know how it's a fear if they're obsessed with it. That's what another thing I don't understand about this phobia. Obviously, I don't, I don't see what's so scary about chins, but then again, I, I, I don't suffer from it. Well, then, saying that, I don't see what's so scary about a shopping trolley half in a river. That's very true. It's all subjective, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm guessing the cause of it is probably to do with most of them seem to be potentially caused by trauma. Yeah, usually. The people, yeah. Who, people who suffer from this phobia are usually people who have had accidents where they've fallen down and they've smacked the face. Yeah. So basically, if you've had a gra- if you've fallen over and grazed your chin, that can make you really, really insecure and panicky. So when you see somebody with a chin that they is either prominent or double chin, that could freak them out because it could send off like a mini little bit of stress from a, the, the incident in place. Yeah. So with that idea, I can slightly understand it, but then again, that's more of a kind of like a post-traumatic stress than I'd see as a phobia. If that makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. So the people who suffer from this phobia could become either extremely introverted when around these people, or they could come really, really kind of overly obsessed with it and overly looking at it or staring at it or stuff like that. So that's that's really the only information I could really find on this because it's more something that is... It's definitely one of the more subjective fears that people have because it's something that you would have to have gone through a stress disorder about it to really understand it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, do, you, what do you two have to say about that, if anything? <laughs> Did you ever watch Fairly Odd Parents when you were little? Nope. There's like a superhero in it that the kid likes, and it's like it's like a... I was going to say a fictional superhero, like, obviously. But um, like, even within Fairly Odd Parents, you read comics about this... Um, superhero the superhero is called the crimson chin and he's got like a really extended chin excellent and i was thinking what what, what kind of trauma could someone have based on that and he like he, he uses his chin to fight and his catchphrase is justice yeah wow that's all that i can think of now that you've said about a fear of chins crikey or the mind of ruben austin it's yeah i like chins i've got nothing against them well then <laughs> <laughs> i've no i've never had a chin related bust up so i'm fine i have have you when I was younger, I, I fell in the playground at school and a stone went through the bottom of my chin into like my mouth. Oh, jeez. I've got a big scar there and I blame that for the reason I can't grow a beard. <clears throat> That's your reason that you can't grow a beard? Yeah, that is the only reason I can't grow a beard. And I can safely say that I had, did not develop a fear of chins, so I think I've had a lucky escape there. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's definitely one of the most kind of subjective ones out of the it's like it's it's it, out of the ones i've found that and gravity are the ones that i'm kind of a bit like yeah the gravity one i'm in love with just to let you know you, you're in love with it yeah i'm fascinated by that yeah i don't know if i'd go that far but um i mean it, it interests me but i've not got a flipping clue on the thought process behind it fully whereas with chains i can kind of be like okay maybe if it, if it is like a stress related incident maybe that could be something to do with it the long word one, that's understandable in my opinion, but then again, I'm a dyslexic. And then the submerged man-made object, I think, is absolutely terrifying and that we all should be scared of it. But then again, that's me. So that's all I, that's all I have, lads. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much for involving us on that journey. It was way more way more interesting than flipping ten minutes on Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would just say this time you successfully prepared a lot better, which is very commendable. Thank you. 
This is the proudest moment of my life. Thank you, lads. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, how sad. That's quite oh, sad, no. isn't it? Was, what an awful way to end this first episode. <laughs> quick, say something happier. Say something happier. Say, say something happier. Yeah, quick, quick. Um, um, candy floss. Jelly beans and unicorns. I don't know. Brilliant. <laughs> there we go. Thank you all so much for listening. If you did make it to the end of the episode and you enjoyed the last 40 minutes of your life, then it would be absolutely amazing if you could leave any ratings or reviews on our channel and make sure to follow our socials for any updates on future episodes. All of the links are in the description below the podcast, along with the song titles for the music used in the episode as usual. I can't wait to see you next week as I talk the guys through a few more phobias on episode 5 of Face for Radio. I'll see you there. Bye, guys.